there was nothing that I could see at least that would take you from zero to marketing hero in a single book. So, and really discuss it in very plain language. We stand today. The business method with a shadow. The business method. The business method podcast. The business method podcast featuring Chris Reynolds. Entrepreneurs' systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, welcome to the Business Method Podcast, where we examine the different methods, tools, and tactics of high-performance online entrepreneurs and high-caliber people in a series format. Our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs in 100 days that had built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we are interviewing 100 entrepreneurs that have built location-independent businesses that generate a million dollars or more in annual revenue. There's a growing movement of people building these caliber of businesses and we wanted to get behind the minds, the logic, and the science of what it takes to build a business like this. We've had some incredible guests like Bobby Edwards, the founder of Squatty Potty, who built a $35 million per year company with just 17 employees, and JP Sears, the YouTube superstar whose videos are going viral all over the internet. I'm your host, Chris Reynolds, and we hope you enjoy the show. The Business Method. Welcome back to the show, listeners, and today we are featuring entrepreneur and author of the one-page marketing plan, Alan Dib on our show. Alan released his book over 18 months ago, and it's been sitting on the top of Amazon bestseller list for those entire 18 months. It has so much success that schools and universities around the world are now using his book for their marketing classes. Throughout the show, we chat with Alan about growing a few different businesses, one of them making it on Australia's top 100 fastest growing companies list. We learn more tactics that Alan uses to focus on deep work, and of course, his viewpoint on the different between a five-figure mentality, a six-figure mentality, and a seven-figure mentality. It's a great interview, you guys, and without further ado, let's welcome Alan to the show. Entrepreneurs' systems, methods, tools, and tactics. And Alan Dibb, welcome to the show. How are you doing, my friend? Hey, pleasure to be on the show. How are you? It's a pleasure to have you. You sound excited. I am. I am, Chris. It's re- really excellent to be on your show and I'm excited to talk uh, marketing and talk uh, to you about some of the things that you've been doing that I've been doing. <laughs> yeah. And you're, are you in Australia? I am. I'm in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, it's great to have you on the show. Welcome, my friend. And uh, we were talking before the podcast and getting getting to know each other a bit more. And I was I was impressed with uh, some of the things that you have done in your entrepreneurial career. Um, we're going to chat more about you. We'd just like to get to know you as an entrepreneur, where you came from, how you evolved into the businessman that you are today. So I'm going to give you the mic for a couple of minutes and and just let you share that story. Yeah. So look, I've had uh, several businesses now. I'm onto probably my third or fourth, depending on, on what you count. But uh, I started life as a an IT geek. You know, I was good at what I did. So I thought I'd be smart and start my own business like many, many people who are good technically at what they do. And um, uh, that really took me on uh, probably a many years of frustration as uh, I spent life as a dead broke IT geek. I was really good at what I did, but 
I struggled to get uh, new clients and new business. And, you know, the f- it was frustrating because the few clients that I did have absolutely loved me. They loved my service. They loved dealing with me. It, the only problem was I just didn't have enough of those clients. So uh, that really took me on a decades-long journey to learn marketing, to understand the fundamentals, to uh, learn from expensive experience and trial and error. And um, I ended up eventually growing that business to be a national business. Uh, I exited it very successfully and then I started my next tech business and that one was a a much smoother journey. We went from zero to four years later being uh, named uh, as one of the top 100 fastest growing companies in the country and I exited that also. So so now I spend my days helping other small business owners uh, understand marketing and help them implement that in their business. Now, you mentioned you got on Australia's top 100 fastest growing companies, and uh, that's really impressive. I'm curious to to talk more about that. Which business was that exactly? Uh, It was a uh, telecommunications company. So we were specialists in uh, a technology called voice over IP. So it was one of the one of the earliest voice over IP carriers uh, in Australia. So yeah, it was uh, it was a fun business. It was on the technology edge, and um, yeah, it was a was a really good growth story. We 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 fought multi million dollar, multi billion dollar competitors. I mean, we fought incumbent telcos. So um, yeah, it was quite a quite a journey. And and how do you get? How do you qualify for that? What are the the, the requirements to hit that? I'm not sure what you need. Uh, what you need to qualify for it, but you. Uh, oh, you mean for the for the amount of growth or to to start a telco? Uh, the amount of growth. <clears throat> oh, the amount of growth. Uh, it's quite a few years ago now, but if I recall correctly, it was something like 130 percent year on year growth or something like that. I I, I wouldn't quote it exactly, but uh, it was something like that. It was it was a quite quite a. Uh, they took the top percentile of people who were uh, uh, who applied and then took the top 100 and then uh, that's how they ranked them so I don't remember exactly what the year-on-year growth figure was but it was was quite a quite a large growth figure how did it feel when you when you accomplished that yeah, it was was fantastic. It was fantastic. I couldn't believe it. So, I mean, we we only applied for recognition just on the off chance that uh, we might be recognised. We thought, you know, there'd be other uh, other contenders who were much more qualified than us. But um, there you go. You know, so uh, we we just snuck in. I mean, we weren't like at the top of the one hundred. We were at position 99 but you know it would have been really embarrassing to be number 100 but <laughs> we snuck in at <laughs> we snuck in at 99 but uh, so that was all right <laughs> congratulations on that i think that's that's no small feat really to get recognized as is 100 fastest growing companies in any country is is really impressive do you think that the reason you had rapid growth in that company was just hitting a trend at the right time, or was it from strategies and principles that you had learned yourself to expand the growth? What do you think was the key components for that? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, that's, that's a really good thing that you bring up. So um, a lot of the time, the vehicle that you choose is super important. So obviously, you know, if you choose a Ferrari, that's going to go faster than an old jalopy. But having said that, we were were in very much a commodity industry and we were fighting co- uh, competitors who were uh, magnitudes bigger than us. So 
to me, uh, really, the the secret of the success was came down to us understanding the fundamentals of marketing. Because I, I had, in fact, the business that I had prior to that, which was a managed IT managed services company, to me that had more differentiation, more exciting technology, and uh, fewer large competitors, uh, and that uh, so. Uh, and that business took us a long time to really grow to the point that it did. So uh, it was really us understanding the new fundamentals of marketing and how marketing has changed and really leveraging some of that understanding, understanding direct response marketing. Because like I said previously, uh, I was an IT geek without any clue. I was a tech guy. I was good at what I did. But I had absolutely zero idea about how to get clients in the door. So that all changed. And then uh, I had that knowledge and experience when I started the new business. And that made a world of difference. Now, you recently wrote a book, not recently, a year and a half ago, um, that is the one-page marketing plan. And it's been a bestseller on Amazon for for under marketing for 18 months, which is very impressive because I think a lot of entrepreneurs know it's there's some hacks to get on bestseller list for Amazon, but to stay on Amazon bestselling list for 18 months, you're doing something great. And um, can you tell us a bit about the book before we, we dive into some more details about um, becoming a bestseller? Yeah, of course. So uh, I wrote the book because um, – I wanted to write a book that I wish I had when I was learning marketing. Mm-hmm. There, there are so many awesome ma- marketing books. That's I'm not at all uh, being derogatory against other marketing books, but they usually give you a very small piece of the picture. So they'll usually talk about one particular aspect of marketing or some kind of idea or something like that. There was nothing that I could see, at least, that would take you from zero to marketing hero in a single book. So, and really discuss it in very plain language. Like, I'm not a PhD or an MBA, and you know, uh, I dropped out of college, so I don't understand a lot of these very complex uh, Harvard Business Review type <laughs> theories and all of that sort of stuff. So, uh, I'm very practical, very hands-on. Uh, I'm a entrepreneur, so. Um, I wanted to write something for people who were like me, who who are just normal business owners, uh, may not necessarily be from academia, and who could, you know, read the book and then fin- when they finish the book, be able to put together a very sophisticated direct response marketing strategy for their business. So they would have a lot of clarity by the end of the book what to do about their marketing because there's so much confusion and there's so many bright, shiny objects to follow that it's just crazy. So um, I wanted something very, very simple that would help someone put together a marketing plan. And um, I didn't want it to be the kind of marketing plan that was kind of 50 pages long, had charts and graphs and that people would just shove in the top drawer of their desk. I wanted it to be practical, something that they could do in 20 or 30 minutes and literally have as a living document to pin up on their wall or have on their desk and just reference on a day-to-day basis. And hence, um, I built that process that was called the one-page marketing plan. I did it primarily for my clients and it was such a success that I thought I've really got to get it out to the world and uh, I did it in the form of a book. That's amazing. I think it seems like a lot of books that have quite a bit of success are um, written by people that are writing a book to either um, their former self 
or you know they wish a book was out there when they were starting out this book or um, people writing a book to friends or or people that they know they wish they had that that are struggling and um, a good example of that is Tim Ferriss's the four-hour work week he wrote that for two specific friends in mind and you look you know the success after that and and this is another great example of that Um, could you take us through the book a little bit more like say uh, say an entrepreneur needs to to create a marketing plan and they're struggling um, maybe they're not good with marketing or um, maybe like yourself, they just don't know, you know, they don't have any background. You mentioned you're not an MBA. I'm an MBA and I took marketing classes in, in business school. They weren't that great. So don't don't feel like you missed out on anything. Yeah, I think I got the, the much better education on the, you know, on the streets and in the real world. So um, could you take us through the book a little bit more in, in detail, like what um, a business person would experience when when reading the book and some of the strategies that they would apl- apply in creating a plan? Sure. So so if people visualize and, and by the way, I've got the one page marketing plan canvas free to download on my website. So oh, if anyone's yeah. listening and they're in front of a computer, you can just go to successwise.com and you can see the one page marketing plan canvas. But if you're not in front of a computer or not in front of a device, if you visualize a single sheet of paper and we split it up into nine boxes, so we've got a row of three, then a second row of three, and then a third row of three. So that's the one-page marketing plan canvas. And the first row of, th- of three represents the before phase in your marketing um, in your marketing life cycle. Then the second row of three represents the during phase, and the last row of three represents the after phase. So there's we've got the before, the during, and the after. And then uh, in the first three, we talk about target market, we talk about your message to your target market, and then thirdly, uh, the media that you reach your target market with. And the idea is that you need uh, people to know you, like you, and trust you. And that that corresponds with the before, the during, and the after phase. So uh, where in the before phase, people don't even know that you exist. And you want to them to find out that you exist. You you want them to peak peak their interest, and that that's the before phase. The during phase is when somebody indicates interest in what you do, but they may not be ready to buy right now. And so, the during phase it takes you through lead capture, lead nurturing, and then finally sales conversion. And sales conversion is when they go from being a, a lead to someone who has paid you some money uh, and becomes a paying client. Now, many people end their marketing right there. When someone becomes a paying client, that's when their marketing ends. But um, you're going to be missing probably the most profitable part of the marketing process if you stop there. So the after phase is where the real money is made. And that's all about delivering a world-class experience, increasing the lifetime value of your customers, and then finally orchestrating and stimulating referrals. So that's in a nutshell the the structure of the book and uh, about the one-page marketing plan itself. There's obviously a lot more detail to that, and um, you can obviously find, find that out in the book or on the website, but uh, that's the basic structure to the whole uh, one-page marketing plan. Now, you're a master at marketing, I'm guessing. Um, and you uh, have also had a seven-figure business. So I'm curious, from your standpoint, from a marketing perspective, 
Um, do you feel like there's a difference in the mentality of a five-figure marketing plan, a six-figure marketing plan, and a seven-figure marketing plan? Most definitely, most definitely. So when you're when you're at five, or even when you're at six figures, you can probably get away with almost being like a the center of the universe, being a sole trader. Um, you may have some help. You may have one or two staff members or some contractors or some virtual assistants or whatever, but you can probably get to a very high six-figure uh, pay or uh, income or revenue um, or pretty much on your own or with very minimal help. So, But to get seven figures and beyond, you really need to start thinking of your people strategy and you need, need to start thinking of your team. You need to start thinking, who can do this for me and how can I build a, an infrastructure that can run without me? So uh, that's a very, very difficult threshold to cross for many entrepreneurs and I've certainly had had that ceiling to, to hit several times in, in my various businesses where you go from just being a startup to testing a concept to getting your first few clients to to growth and then you kind of hit a ceiling and uh, you really need to start to get your systems and your people's strategy right after that to get scale and go beyond the million. Makes sense. Um, now, you mentioned that you you like to work from home and currently your business is set up where you can do that. Do you find an advantage, um, Alan, working from home as opposed to going to an office or having a, a brick-and-mortar office with your team there? What, what's your, what are the pros and cons for you? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm not opposed to having an office. My last two businesses were, were office-based. Mm -hmm. uh, this business I've very much built around my lifestyle. I live um, a, a fair way from the CBD near the beach, so it's a nice lifestyle. Um, to me, it's uh, I really like running a team who are around the world. I've got I've got people who are in the Philippines, people who are in the US, people who are in Europe who, who work with me, um, and you know, it is a different experience. It's not for everybody. You need to be able to uh, discipline yourself and be able to to work in your home environment. I mean, some people's home environments are not conducive to work. So you, uh, I've set aside an office space in, in my homes to, to do that. So, um, so look, I think both both things work. I, I've certainly experienced both. I, these days, I like being uh, working from my home based office, but um, either can work absolutely. Do you feel like you would you're more productive in one location over the other, or it just you know more convenient yeah, for I, you now? I, um, it's it is more convenient, but I, I think I am more productive as well because I, I work well in silence and in a, an environment where there's not too many distractions. And in an office, you know, by definition, you're going to get a lot of distractions. You're going to have people coming in and out, and uh, people all around, and phone calls, and all of that sort of thing. And especially when you're doing deep work, things like writing, mm -hmm. uh, things like uh, planning strategy, and things like that, um, having to me working in a an environment that's very um, quiet and uh, conducive to to that kind of thinking is important 
Yeah, that makes sense. I I love the idea of co-working spaces, but when I go to one, I'm I'm like a kid in a candy store. You know, I cannot pay attention. It's very difficult for me to focus. You know, if somebody walks by and I think about something else and lose my train of thought. But I I really like the idea of deep work and and doing that on a regular basis. And it for my personality, it, it seems really difficult to do that in in offices and co-working spaces. Um, I'd like to talk, Alan, uh, a bit more about you getting ranked on Amazon. Did you any, use any specific strategy when launching your book to to make sure uh, that you got on the bestseller of Amazon? Uh, I did. I didn't know very much about uh, ranking on Amazon or um, how bestseller lists work and all of that. But I did understand a few concepts because I am from a marketing background. So I understood that the title was going to be hugely important. I understood that the cover was going to be important. I understood that the description was going to be very important. So they're things that kind of attract the eye and get the initial eyeball uh, on on the page. Um, I I certainly didn't do anything to kind of manipulate algorithms or anything like that. I I, I (laughs) neither had the knowledge nor the skill (laughs) to do that. Um, But uh, to me, it was – I treated it like a product launch. So a lot of people think of their books like a piece of literature, like a piece of art and all of this, and they they think the marketing is kind of beneath them. But uh, to me, that was absolutely critical that the – that the title equal the content. So many times people will write a book and they'll, it'll might be an excellent book, but it'll be some obscure kind of title and maybe like a, one of those one word titles or mm-hmm. some obscure title where you have to try and figure out, you know, what's this about? And me being an author who's unknown, absolutely unknown, I'd never written a book before. So that was not going to work for me. I mean, if you're a hugely well-known author, if you're a Stephen King or or whatever, you've got a huge following, you can absolutely get away with that. And uh, possibly I could get away with that in my second or third book or or whatever, now that I've got a bit of a following and I've had one, one very successful book. But I well understood that for me, uh, the title was going to have to tell the whole story. So uh, that was hugely important. And uh, the other thing that I understood was that when people look on, at your book on Amazon, they preview the first 10 or 15 pages. And again, that was I treated that like the sales letter for the book. So I knew that that was going to be critical and I needed to tell the story of what the book was going to be about very, very early on in the book. I didn't want to waste that space with telling uh, background stories about me and, you know, how good I was and all of that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I shoved all, I shoved all that stuff in the back of the book because really no one really cares. People just want to know, <laughs> uh, people just want to know what the, how the book can help them. And that's exactly w- what I did at the beginning of the book. So I understood those few fundamentals, but apart from that, I really didn't know much about launching a book and the mechanics of the book industry. And I've learned a lot more about it. And, you know, there, there really is a lot of depth to it. Have you um, gotten any feedback? I'm sure you have from people that have read the book and applied the the strategy and had success in their business. Uh, 
I literally get emails, uh, multiple emails every single day from readers. So wow. uh, I, I would get dozens of emails every every week from readers uh, from all over the world. Uh, I, I've literally heard from people from as far far away as Mongolia and you know every country. It's now been translated also into eight different languages. So I hear from people in a variety of languages. So I use Google Translate sometimes. But um, yes, so it, it's amazing to to wake up in the morning, go to your inbox and to get fan mail. <laughs> yeah, I think very few marketers uh, get that. Do you have any stories you could share? I've got so many stories. Um, uh, I've, got, um, I've got people who just running, you know, kind of very unsophisticated businesses in Africa and Nigeria, right down to multinational companies and people who've worked uh, with government uh, having seen my book. Um, so yeah, uh, I've I've just had a, a variety of feedback. I had a I had a group of people who uh, were asking me to uh, to come and speak to them. Uh, I I told them I wasn't in their country, but uh, we did it uh, remotely. So the other thing that um, was a real surprise to me, I started getting <clears throat> emails from people. Uh, who run marketing courses in universities and colleges. So as far as I'm aware, at least about 10 universities around the US use my book as a textbook, which was a real surprise. Wow. <laughs> That's got to feel I, good. I, huh? I, I never – it does feel good. I never, ever expected that. And you know, I, when when I first got the an email from a professor telling me that they'd done that, uh, I was blown away and I thought that was an anomaly. <laughs> and then I got a few more and um, yeah, it was, it was a real surprise. I got uh, a photo from one of the classes that was finishing up their class with their book and they were all holding up a copy of my book, which was a bit of a <laughs> thrill, but that was cool. <laughs> uh, well, maybe I'll send your book to uh, the, the college that I went to school at and they could, <laughs> they could use it for their marketing <laughs> classes too. Uh, any plans to write another book, Alan? I'm in the process of writing two more books right now, so um, I, I work on them daily, and um, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to to releasing those. Hopefully, in the early early next year, or maybe I might be able to squeeze it to the end of this year. But um, I've got a lot of projects on at the moment. But uh, I am enjoying um, being an author. Can you give us any hints on what they're about? Yeah, so one will be a continuation of the one-page marketing plan. So the one, the one-page marketing plan was a very strategic book. It was around strategy, how to put together your plan, knowing what to do, getting clarity on all of those things. And the next book uh, will follow along with that, but it will be much more tactical. So I'm going to focus on very specific strategies, how to execute uh, particular marketing strategies, and and how to you know, step by much more step by step on on a tactical level, and uh, the other book I'm writing, um, I'll keep it a surprise for now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a, a title for either of those books? Uh, I don't, I don't. So, and j just like um, with the one page marketing plan, I had probably half a dozen working titles that mm -hmm. I sort of mulled over the time that I was writing the book. Um, I uh, uh, I've got a few titles in mind at the moment, but nothing nothing that I can really definitively announced just right now. Uh, can I share uh, an idea for a title with you? Sure, I'd love one. I was thinking the second page of the one-page marketing plan. Oh, that's cool. Maybe. <laughs> that's what stood out to yeah. me. We'll see. All right. Um, All right. Well, let us know when those, goes, those go, uh, when you release those, Alan. We'll help you promote. And yep, awesome. 
We're going to wrap up there, my friend. If the listeners want to reach out to you and learn more about what you have going on, where's the best place they can do that at? Yeah, so the best place is uh, successwise.com. So I've got a lot of free resources there. Uh, you can join my mailing list and we can carry on the conversation. So I'd love to hear from readers or listeners and talk about you and your marketing and how how your business is going and you know any tools or strategies that are working or that, that I could possibly help with. Awesome. And we want to give you a huge thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your tips and your tricks and all your wisdom with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Alan. It was a pleasure, Chris. And listeners, we're going to wrap up there. Thank you guys for joining us once again, and we'll see you all on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Hey, listeners, thanks again for joining the show. We wanted to remind you about our Get Shit Done one-on-one productivity coaching that we recently just launched. What we do is work with you to create big business goals that are absolutely game changers. We make a plan together and put you in our productivity hacking system that helps you stay on target. Each week, you get a call with yours truly about what steps to take for the following week. Some say it's like a year of productivity in just three months. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com forward slash coaching. Thebusinessmethod.com forward slash coaching.